What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we discuss the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From the independent scene to NXT, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspectives, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in all of pro wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. Shut the hell up! This is the not another wrestling podcast here are your hosts sean mcchesney and cj palmasano all right let's get to it episode number 10 i'm surprised we made it this far i didn't think we get past one i didn't think we do number one nah. of the not another wrestling podcast sean mcchesney cj palmasano are your hosts we got a lot to get to today in the world of professional wrestling i know you wanted to touch on more bullet club stuff um once not, our, not too much just, not just too much it's just, but a, it's just what we already speculated what we already speculated happens to be true we are going to go very heavy on on wwe and nxt today obviously crown joke crown joke Literally, Crown Jewel will touch on that to start the show. We have Survivor Series and War Games about um, a little over a week away. So we'll touch on that. We'll get to the predictions next week, but we'll start laying out the card as we see it, uh, especially for War Games now that the tapings have started to come out. We know NXT. what's official, what's not. Um, so we'll touch on all that and more. But as you just said, and CJ, I want to hit this point home before we really even get into this. Two weeks ago, the WWE woman put on... In my opinion, one of the best pay-per-views, maybe the best pay-per-view of the year for WWE, correct? Probably the best main roster pay-per-view this year, yeah. Okay, so they went out, stole the show, it took was, over it Long was, Island. It was, not to cut you off, but it was so good that it was on par with an NXT TakeOver this year. I agree. But and as far as main roster, yes, it was the best main roster pay-per-view so far this year. I absolutely agree. So they go, they tear the house down in Long Island. Five days later, the men have one follow-up. You think it's Crown Jewel, it's in a bigger stadium, obviously a smaller one than what they had planned for, but regardless, they were going to Saudi Arabia for the pay-per-view. Nothing we could do about it at this point, so let's just... Watch and see what happens. The card looks Try pretty to have good. Fun. Try to have fun. The card looks good. You know, Braun versus Brock, I was actually maybe a little excited for. You know, because you figured it would be Braun going over. The World Cup, I was really excited for. Because like you said last week, we could get some fantasy matches out of this. Mm -hmm. And DX Brothers of Destruction, I thought was great. But other than that main event match, that what was 25, 30 minutes. Besides that... Crown joke, as you just said, is the exact way I would put this paper together. What the hell were they thinking with some of this booking? I, it, I'm glad we didn't do this like the following day because we've had time to sit on. We've it. had time to settle down, and our our frustrations have kind of cooled down after a week. Mm -hmm. But my God, I was so pissed. Just, just, just seeing the results. You would think that after all this time that, you know, with the Universal Championship not being on TV for over a year, you finally think, we're going to put it on Roman Reigns. Okay, cool. At least the championship will be on TV every week. 
and unfortunately Roman Reigns has to leave for uh, because he has leukemia he has to go bat- battle cancer and we all want Roman Reigns to have a speedy recovery and you think okay this is Braun's time now he's been over for so long I know it was a little weird with the whole you know turning him heel to get Roman over as a face and, and now kinda, back to face back to face I mean it, I mean I kind of see what fans probably weren't into him as they were before but still it Braun should have been a universal champion a long time ago and it maybe was, before Roman yeah and it was his time it was for sure his time and that's not what they did see and it, like you said I'm glad we had a few days to sit on it because now speculation is coming out backstage reports are saying that Braun has backstage heat with the company showing up late leaving early so I listen I can now I can understand why Braun was booked to lose a crown jewel however it was reports from PW Insider right and they say that Strowman is his wor- own worst enemy and advocate Ex- absolutely however what I still don't understand and I still don't approve of was him getting squashed in maybe two and a half minutes because Brock took his time. Strowman to- got a kick. Yeah. One kick. One kick. In the entire match. And he got f five five times. One out of the ring. Back to back to back to back to back to back. I mean, you, you, can say, back. you can say that he looked good because he kicked out of three F5s. Or four. Well, no, the or fourth, no, three, the, the one, fourth one, one he four. got thrown out of the ring. Right. I mean, you can say that, but at the same time... He still looks so bad. This hurt him so much. I heard Dave Meltzer say, and I don't agree with it at all, but it's a good theory um, to some people that they did this so maybe that he wouldn't look as weak losing to Brock. I was like, are you kidding me? Did you watch the same match I did? And uh, I, What is Meltzer saying? Because they were saying that if they went and had a one-on-one match and they both tore it out of the park and Braun lost, then it would almost be kind of like the way they actually did it. And I was like, so... And no, I, if they had a competitive match, then Braun would have gave him everything he everything he had, and if he lost, you know, okay, he lost, it sucked. But if he, if him and exactly, Lesner, but if him and Lesnar still put on a good match, maybe it wasn't Meltzer, but I heard somebody say that this week, and I'm like, so what is? Couldn't it? have been Brian Alvarez. I don't know, but either way, somebody said it. Maybe it was Meltzer. I don't know. I, can't, I don't think so. I can't confirm. So I'm not I listen to some of those clips sometime on YouTube, and like when Dave says some ridiculous things, Alvarez just calls him out. Yeah, but but that's the thing. It's like okay. So I understand your your thinking process. However, I'm like, so instead of having a competitive 15, 20 minute match with Brock Lesnar, like he had at um, at No Mercy, where he dominated Brock Lesnar and then lost in the very end. That wasn't which, a very good match, though. It still made him look pretty strong, though, because he dominated Brock the majority of the match. Point is, now we have a squash match makes you look like nothing. But all of a sudden, that's like, oh, well, that's better than them having a competitive match. No, let them go at it. I understand there are uh, other few theories that they didn't want Braun's title reign to start in Saudi Arabia. Understandable Mm -hmm. how Brock was more over in Saudi Arabia than Braun. That part is true. You saw it right in front of your eyes. The UFC pay-per-view potentially hit with him and Daniel Cormier. Right. There's, you know, we'll touch on that too. Want him to be the you? I'm sorry, the the Universal Champion walking in. Even DC called him out and said, "Hey, Brock Lesnar, bring that WWE Championship of yours." I want to be WWE Champion too. I want to touch on that in just a couple of minutes too. But you bring up that good point. It sets up if that pay per view is going to happen before the Rumble, after the Rumble, after Mania, before Mania, regardless. And we'll get to that in a second. But. You're right. There was a lot of theories and a lot of reasons why Brock was going to win the championship, and I wasn't surprised when I found out it happened. I didn't watch it live. 
Um, but I texted you dot 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 Brock as like I'm not surprised at this at all. I was pissed. Don't get me wrong, because now, you know, you have Brock and AJ two with Survivor Series, which is really the only good thing that comes out of this. Yeah, that's the Brock one is positive. Brock is not booked for TLC. The Rumble is questionable at this very moment. He'll probably be there, but still questionable. Mm -hmm. And now we're back to square one. It was Roman having this title reign for th what three months, and now we're or two months maybe, and now we're back to where we started after not even WrestleMania 33 after Fastlane six weeks before WrestleMania 33 when Goldberg had the championship at least he showed up on Raw every week he wasn't competing on Raw every not, week not at, but now we're back Go to square Goldberg, one he, he didn't show up on Raw every week I went to a Raw he was Bro there more than Brock yeah but, but well actually not even like uh, I went to a Raw a year ago with a friend of mine um, who actually listens to this podcast every week he tells me thanks buddy thanks friend uh, thanks Joey I don't even call him Joey thanks Joe Joey stands. Joe. <laughs> um, uh, we went to Raw in Brooklyn uh, a week or two before Mania 33. Uh, Goldberg was not there. Lesnar wasn't on TV, but he did come out after the show mm -hmm. when the cameras went off. Okay. But um, I'm trying to remember my point here just now. Um, it was something about part-time. Yeah, something about part-time. I think like Gold. I mean, yeah, Goldberg was there for Mania. He, he did his time. But... Uh, I was listening, uh, and I remember my point. Um, I was listening to Sam Roberts' podcast, and he was saying how he thinks the Universal Championship is pretty much cursed at this point because we haven't had a champ, uh, a babyface champion, with a long title reign. The longest babyface title reign champion, really, is probably Roman. It is Roman because Finn had it for one day. Kevin um, Owens was a heel and had it for six months. Goldberg was a champion, but he. Wasn't around that often. Wasn't around. Part-timer. And then it was Brock, then Roman, then back to Brock. And he was saying how, like, you know, back in the day, we pretty much held a championship in its glory from a babyface who held it. And not and with a heel who had it, you want to see them pay to have a babyface beat them. Not necessarily the case anymore, but the Universal Championship hasn't really had a whole lot of time on TV to be an established title and it's been on TV and it's been around for two years right just this past SummerSlam it's been around for two years you think really that if it had more time on TV and it wasn't on a part-timer for so long it could be as established as the WWE title by now I like to think what would have happened if Finn didn't get hurt in that match how long would he have had that title for? Well, Kevin Owens would have been the first challenger. I don't think he was supposed to win at that at that class of champions. But you're right. I would have loved to see what would have happened if Finn didn't get hurt in that match. Thanks, Seth Rollins. Anyway, uh, still the best. Don't, don't blame him. Ah, he's awesome still. Things happen. Exactly. Um, I just forgot my point now, actually. Um, With the Universal Championship? Yeah, it was, some, it was something along those lines. Um... Okay, so yeah, so there's a lot of theories as to why Brock was, was going to win the championship, but again, I wasn't surprised about it, I was a little upset about it, but a lot of, oh, and, and I remember my point now, Roman getting leukemia, I heard reports, was the reason that we're doing Raw versus SmackDown at Survivor Series. Yes, apparently, I heard that too. Apparently Vince didn't want to do it because he didn't want to do Roman versus AJ, which, again, you and I were live for a Roman-AJ match, which was pretty awesome. I wouldn't have uh, minded Roman-AJ. I wouldn't have minded Roman-AJ, you knew Survivor Roman was series. going over, but... You know, I wouldn't have minded Still, it. Still, those those two have great chemistry together. Yeah, phenomenal chemistry. But apparently, that's the reason that this pay per view is Raw versus SmackDown alone. Because Vince really didn't want to do it. But now it's like, all right, Roman's out. Let's see how we can do this. Brock versus AJ two sounds awesome. They knocked it out mm -hmm. of the park the first time. I like, have no doubt they'll do it again. There's only two people in. Um, 
since Brock has returned to WWE, that have gotten a competitive match out of him. Uh, made actually made him work. It was Punk, and it was AJ. Excuse me. I mean, the one he had with Roman at 31 was pretty good, but like too short. A- but AJ really made him work. Yeah. And Brock sold for AJ too. Yep. Like after the he lost, uh, after AJ lost, like he had the calf crusher on Brock's leg, and he was limping a little bit walking up the stage. So he was he was selling. For he was AJ. selling right until he left. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And again, I have no doubt that they'll knock it out of the park again. In my opinion, it's one of the big. Maybe there will be a couple of good things that come out of this. I'm not holding my tongue just yet, but this will at least be the first good thing that comes out of Roman winning. It's the fact that we get this match again. Um, and who knows? You know, even people were saying, well, it should be SmackDown's time this year for the champ to go over. I don't know if they're ready to do that. And I and speaking of that, I'm going to get into Becky versus Ronda in a minute. I don't know if they're ready to put AJ over Brock yet. I'd be stunned to see. That would be one that would surprise me if AJ were to be, go over. I would be stunned. But there is one thing we have to get to before we move on to the, about Survivor Series coming up. Oh, we're going to get to it. Ro- Ross Tweddle, Ross Twedell of Cultaholic and Adam Pacitti of Cultaholic have always joked that Shane McMahon, <laughs> the sweatiest dad ever, is the best professional wrestler in the world. If you ever watch any of their videos, they have said that. Now, now it's true. Now Shane McMahon, the sweatiest man on earth, has won a tournament that says he's the best professional wrestler in the world. Unless this brings back CM Punk, which it won't. This was probably was the worst just, booking decision just, I've seen all year. It was just another jab at Punk. It was just another jab to get at Punk when he has moved on from WWE, when he has moved on from professional wrestling, just so they can just just very petty of WWE like they do to be like ha ha ha, that's another jab at him or what whoever really the, has the vendetta for Punk at this point. My thing is Probably Triple H. Maybe Triple H. Maybe Stephanie McMahon. I don't know. But I don't get why you have all these Great wrestlers. You, you hype ha- up the tournament you for hype, two months. You hype up the tournament. You have the potential for all these great matches. Like I was saying last week, you have the potential of a Seth Rollins and Kurt Angle and Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Uh, yeah, look at the you first know, round. You, you had Dolph you, Ziggler, Kurt Angle, and Kurt, and Kurt Angle lost clean. Strangely enough. But apparently like Shane was set to win this thing from the beginning. He was. Because to set up Survivor Series. To set up Survivor Series. To set up a Shane McMahon heel turn. <laughs> Jesus. Whatever year that happens to happen. We already have a one heel McMahon as commissioner on Raw. We don't need another heel McMahon as commissioner on SmackDown. And the father, of course, will always be a heel. But here's but Vince he, isn't on TV hardly ever anymore. I mean, right. at this time, at this point, if you see Vince on TV, that's cool. You actually get excited. True. Well, here's my thing about this, CJ, and you bring up a lot of good points. You have a tournament... The qualifying matches for two months. You hype up this tournament probably since after Hell in a Cell when Crown Jewel was announced, right? I think the Raw right after Hell in a Cell. The Raw right after Hell in a Cell, the triple threat match was made. That's when they announced the... They announced Cena in the World Cup, too. Yeah, they announced the triple threat that night, too, as well, and all that. So, here's my thing with it. You have all these fantasy matches, right? First of all... Dolph Ziggler, Kurt Angle, knocked it out of the park. Even Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley was pretty good, right? Then you have Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, who are always good in the ring together. Dolph Ziggler goes over, right? They're Dolph, have come Dolph Ziggler's in the finals, right? It's going to elevate his career. And then you go to the SmackDown side. As I predicted, Miz would be in the final. I never thought Dolph would beat Seth. I didn't think we'd have heel versus heel in the final. Um, so you thought. So I thought, exactly. It, I went back to the predictions, by the way, and we had a lot of, you would think, you would think, and we were wrong as usual. Mm-hmm. Um... But 
you have the heel versus heel in the final. I'm like, all right, fine. Miz and Ziggler have always put on good matches. This could be a good one, whatever. Yeah, that's all, those matches were always exciting to watch. Miz gets hurt before the bell rings. Shane comes in. Shane literally squashes Dolph. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. He wins with the coast to coast. Which I'm still surprised he knows how to do at 47 years old, something like that. Finisher. It's just a fancy move. My point with this is... You have a guy, and it didn't even have to be Dolph Ziggler. It could have been anybody, but you had a guy like Dolph Ziggler in a prime spot where this could elevate his career going into WrestleMania season, which is bringing not far him, away. Bringing him back up to, I don't want to say relevancy because he's been relevant you know, all year, since, since he came back to Raw. Permanent main event status? Yeah, permanent main event status, potentially. You know, especially with everything that's going on with McIntyre right now, who, by the way, had a monumental win over Kurt Angle on Monday. Beating which, Angle with the ankle lock, with his own finisher. Yep. So that that sets up. I I know it sets up the Kurt Angle comeback, but that's a huge win for McIntyre. But we'll get to that in a second. I know it's it's it just you potentially this could have elevated Ziggler to move up in the main events more in the main event scene on Raw. Yep. It could have potentially had Miz to move up more in the main events. I mean, not that he's already he's one of the key players on but SmackDown. But imagine Ziggler. But, but it could have propelled him like you said to get a WWE Championship match against AJ Styles. That's what I thought would have happened if he had won for SmackDown. And another thing for That for makes Ziggler, all the sense in the world. And for what happened with Ziggler, what if that propelled him to win the Royal Rumble match? I'm not saying it would have happened, but what if it propelled him to that point? It could have led him to like a big, maybe... maybe or at least a good performance in the Rumble, maybe down to Final Four, Final Three, Final Two. If Braun won the Universal Championship, it could have set up a championship match between Dolph and Braun. And I'm, it, speaking of that, I'm hearing rumors of a, you said it, a multi-man match at Mania, and he just... God. You don't like that idea? It depends who's in it. Right well, now, I don't says, like the idea of it right now. It says, poten- well, the potential participants are Lesnar, obviously, Braun, McIntyre, and Rollins. Those are the... I'd be okay with that. I would be okay with it, too. But first glance, don't know who's in the match. I don't like it at all. Uh, but anyway, but then where, where does that leave Ambrose at Mania? That's true. That's the thing. Uh, so point is... You have a guy like Ziggler, you have a guy like The Miz. Either of them could have benefited from this win. And what happens? You give it to Shane McMahon to primo a Raw versus SmackDown pay-per-view that writes itself. Really? That's my biggest issue with this. You you try to set up a pay-per-view, I'm fine with that. But this pay-per-view literally builds by itself. That's the issue I have with this. So now you give the World Cup to a meaningless SmackDown commissioner, which is going to set up a heel turn down the line. Oh, my God. And it's going to set up the Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series match, which Shane is already in, which Dolphin Drew, I assume, are going to be in. I know Drew's in it. Um, Dolph's in it, too. Dolph's in it, too. Right. The current Uh, team right now is Dolph, Drew, Ron. (laughs) Corbin's the captain, but I don't think he's actually wrestling. Yeah, I'm here. I'm going to watch Raw this week, figure everything out. Teams should be announced because all of SmackDown's been decided, so Raw should be decided this week officially. Mm. Um, and it's crazy because next week is the go-home show for Survivor Series. Yeah, that came up quick. We were just saying before, I think, before my, uh, we, we started recording that there have been no breaks between these pay-per-views. Evolution, it's like Evolution's coming up. And they're also trying to build Crown Jewel at the same time. Even with Survivor Series to Evolution, it was only three weeks. Like evolution comes next Friday's Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel leaves two weeks of Survivor Series. Right. Well, I was saying I was saying for the women. Like yeah, even for the women, like, they don't have a break either. That's 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 so crazy. They'll, like, they'll get a nice break in between TLC and the Royal Rumble, but that's still another month and a half away. Mm-hmm. So, 
But you're right, and they better get some house shows off, Jesus, um, because they've been working so hard recently, yeah. and we're appreciative of it. Um, you can tour right now. And again, you know, the, the booking with the World Cup European made tour, zero sense, and the European tour too. The booking for the World Cup, I thought, made zero sense. Um, having Ms. Dolph in the final, I was okay with, but the way it ended, I was just like, now we're going to have to have this guy proclaim he's the best in the world for God knows how long. Smack, on SmackDown, he said, he's like, I do not think myself that I am the best wrestler in the world. He's like, I did what was best for SmackDown. I'm just like, man, this is going to set up a heel turn. Yep, it's and then just, that's just... when he's going to say I'm the best in the world. But, like, the raw commentary during that was just awesome. Michael Cole's like, I don't know how you can even be proud of this. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, and he was right, because you know what? Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Renee Young were saying what we were all thinking. How can you be proud of this? You've got to be kidding me. How, we Two months of hyping up this tournament led us to this. And Shane, like you said, was booked to win it from the beginning. So now you got a guy like Dolph Ziggler who wrestled two grueling matches against a Hall of Famer and probably a future Hall of Famer in Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. only to get squashed in two minutes by Shane McMahon. And then you have a guy like The Miz, too, who you write out of the tournament to make this happen, who really could have beat used two future Hall of Famers. Who really could have used this the, the most, honestly. Yeah. I thought, it, like I said I thought last Mysterio week, would have wanted to, you know, to really hype, hype him up and bring him back. You know. Yeah, he lost in the first round. Or no, second round. Second I'm sorry. round. I'm like, you really, honestly, Miz really could have used this. Anybody other than... Shane. Then Shane could have used this. Realistically, like anybody could have used it. You you would have had your doubts maybe about why Jeff would need it. Maybe why Ray, because Ray doesn't. I see what you're saying about Ray, but Ray's accomplished so much. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody anymore. Uh, Bobby Lashley could have used it to hype up that get Leo Rush out of there. I don't like him. Um, I love that really. I hate Leo Rush him. Is really um, him. I love it. I I just <laughs> Corey Graves just says it for me every week. Every time he starts talking, going, "Give me the earplugs." <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, anybody could have anybody could have benefited from it, but you could have made the biggest case, obviously, for Dolph and for the Miz. I thought they had the two biggest cases on why they should win it, uh, which is why I picked the Miz to win it because I thought it would have set up the WWE title match at TLC, and it still might because if Miz wins at Survivor Series, let's say uh, yeah, we you just, said it before, we, I was just saying before that if Miz is the sole survivor or whoever, if he gets the the final elimination. He might be the number one contender. He's, he even said that he said, if I lead Team SmackDown to victory at Survivor Series, I should have a chance at the WWE Championship against AJ Styles. Yeah. He should be the, he's saying, I should be the next challenger. Absolutely. Where Whether he wins the TLC or the Rumble, it's time to get Miz the championship. Let's get this Miz-Brian storyline. I don't know if it's still going to happen because there are, are speculations on, you know, not necessarily that Brian has backstage heat, but that Vince is just done with it after he skipped Crown Jewel. So... I don't, I don't think Brian has backstage heat. I, I don't think he has backstage heat, but I just think his plans are now I not don't, there. Well, I don't know. I feel like... It, it could go either way. With Cena and Brian backing out of Crown Jewel, um, I don't think there's... I mean, with Cena, he's he he's invincible. He cannot be touched. He cannot be hurt at all right. at this point in his career. Brian is kind of on the same level, just he's on the full-time schedule. I think Vince, Vince at this point knows how valuable Daniel Bryan is to his company, how much the fans love him, that if he has a moral issue going, which he did, going to Saudi Arabia, uh, I don't think Vince is going to punish him because he's such in a top spot at this point that he can be like, 
Okay, well, and then he talks, and he, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do the championship match tonight. That way, you don't have to go to storyline purposes. You don't have to go to Saudi Arabia. We can write Joe in. We, we can write Joe in. You that way, you know your your storyline with AJ gets wrapped up on TV, and you, you know it's um and there he had issues in the with the women. He had uh, serious issues with, with because Sami Zayn is of Syrian descent that they yeah. did not allow him to perform there. He had major issues. Was it that they didn't allow him to perform or they just said we'd rather you not go? You really think Saudi Arabia is going to be like we'd rather rather you not go? They they be they said they're very against uh, Syria. The again not. Well, no, no, I was saying WWE saying for your best purposes we'd rather you not go to this show. No, Saudi Arabia did not allow Sami Zayn. To okay. Perform. I didn't know what the actual story was because he's of Syrian descent. Right. Okay. I didn't know what the story was. I mean, they let Renee Young go there. The well, they really, perform. they really pushed and lobbied for Renee Young to well, go I there. Well, I think they had a lot of reason to do that. They're like, all right, we're going to do the show, but now you're going to start listening to us. Yeah. So this is what we want. Um, and again, who knows if that were to happen again? I mean, they're locked in in a contract. They're going to go there again probably next year. Who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, uh, and another thing I wanted to talk about, we brought up Joe before. I can understand Joe is a last-minute replacement, but this is number four now that he lost to AJ. What credibility does Joe have left now? This has really hurt him, too. It's hurt him so bad. I can understand if they put... We speculated would, last week. Go we could have put Almas in this match. Could have put Rusev. Put Nakamura in the match. He was on the pre-show with Rusev. Are you kidding me? The U.S. title on the pre-show of Crown Jewel. And I'm so glad, and I'm hoping it stays this way, because, again, we still have a week to go. Anything can happen. That Rollins and Nakamura are going to get the spotlight. And Nakamura finally is going to have a chance to shine at Survivor Series. Yeah. I think those two are going to tear it out of the park, to be honest. I think one, Am- would, one would hope. I think one Ambrose is going to get involved somehow. But I think before that, I think these two are going to tear the house down. Yeah. But, but Joe really needs a strong performance at Survivor Series. He really needs a strong performance. He needs to be a sole survivor. I don't know about Soul Survivor, but he at least he at needs, least till the end. I think he should have the majority of eliminations. Yeah, he should eliminate Ziggler. He should eliminate Angle. Um, I don't know how they're going to keep Braun looking good and Drew looking good by having him eliminate them eliminated at some point. But but at least but Joe. Joe. But Joe needs a really good performance at Survivor Series to bring some credibility back to him. Yeah, you know. I know he looks good all the time in his matches, and he performs strong. And you know, lo- you know, most losses don't really hurt him that much. But four lo- you know, four, four championship four, four, losses. Not necessarily four championship losses, but but four opportunities in the WWE Championship, and you don't take the title yeah. from any of them. It's, yeah. It really sucks. That's why you and I said last week, we were like, what's the point of this? Because you knew it was last minute. You knew AJ's going over. He's going to set up TLC with somebody. He's going to be the champ going into Survivor Series against Brock or Braun. Mm. So... It was predetermined when Joe came out and assaulted AJ. Uh, great. AJ's going over Joe again. And again, they had a good match. Not taking anything away from those two about a good match. But the idea now that Joe has lost to AJ four times for the WWE title. SummerSlam, Hell in a Cell, Super Showdown, Crown Jewel. This is all within a three-month time span of one another. Again, he has zero credibility left. That's why he really needs to struggle. He needs to have a dominating, like you said, a dominating performance in Los Angeles next week. No doubt in my mind. He needs it. He needs it. Because guess what? If it's something like, I I don't know when, Cena eliminated Joe last year, probably halfway through the match, you would think. Yeah, because Joe was on Raw and Cena was on SmackDown. Right, Joe had a decent performance last year. I know he eliminated a few people. I think he eliminated at least Finn. And Shinsuke, or maybe Bronda. I don't know. I know he eliminated at least one person. He needs, like, to eliminate three. Yeah. 
He needs to eliminate three. He needs to be dominated. Or needs to be dominating, excuse me. Um, and he'll probably get eliminated by Braun probably towards the end. Uh, or Drew. Or Drew. Does it, Drew would be better, to because, be honest. Because right now they have big, big, big plans for Drew McIntyre. That's another thing. He needs to have a dominating performance as well. They're like if, gonna... if you're talking about a final four, two versus two, my ideal final four would probably be McIntyre and Braun because they don't get along. So mm-hmm. see how that works for Raw. And then Miz and Joe for SmackDown. I would have Brian in there as a third person at some point before before Brian. So maybe someone. Final Five then. So maybe if it's three on two with SmackDown. Because Miz and Brian, you're right, are going to be there at the end. Or Miz is going to cost Brian in the beginning and Brian's going to get eliminated first. Something like that. Probably. Something because Miz lines. is going to be like, I don't need Brian. He's going to hold me back. I wanted Joe on this team in the first place. Right. So may- maybe it'd be something like that where all of a sudden SmackDown's down five on four. Mm-hmm. Something so I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. But yeah, I to your point, if it's going to be either he's out first or he's in at the end. Mm-hmm. So I think Miz is screwing him either way. Yeah, but I see where you're coming from. But that's my ideal final four because I think those four benefit from it the most. Yeah, because like you don't need Angle in there at the end of anything. You can eliminate Angle first. He hasn't been officially announced as a member of the team, but I've heard he's going to get on the team at some point. Right. So, and the way his run has been going, honestly, eliminating him first could really hit that decline all the way up to his comeback that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, even eliminating him first might benefit him. You don't need him in this match. You can throw him out first yeah. for SmackDown. The way I'm thinking of it, again, same thing with Ray. I, I know you're big on getting him hyped up and all that stuff. He doesn't need to be in it that long. He could be eliminated no, first. No, no, he doesn't. He really doesn't. I mean, really, he's just, he's coming back for like, the big money. Right. Honestly. I think the five, and, and I think four, but in your case, five, that benefit from it the most to be in the air at the end are Braun, Drew, Miz, Joe. And if you want to throw Brian in there for screwing purposes, yes. Um, Miz screwing him, I should say. Um that's how I think it should be at the end of Survivor Series. Right. Maybe we should move on a little bit to... Um, well, let's briefly touch on uh, Becky Lynch and uh, Ronda Rousey. Which the match I'm excited for. The social media on Ronda's part. Becky's been great. Ronda just sounds like a drunk on Twitter. As Becky put in the best, tagging Ronda's husband, saying, come I'm get your wife. Like she's drunk. <laughs> yeah. I love Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch can do no wrong. Was- the promos are okay. I yeah. won't lie. Promos are fine, especially on Ronda's part. They're getting well, better. Well, on TV with R- Ronda, yeah, the promos are good. The social media, can somebody just help her tweet an insult or something? Because like, They need to get Heyman to help her with social media because recently he, they showed the promo from AJ talking about his match with Brock. Paul responds to the video from WWE and tags AJ. I can't remember what the entire tweet says, but at the end... <laughs> and I, I dropped my phone. I was laughing so hard. At the end, he tags it, the, <laughs> the Jew that runs the zoo. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Paul Heyman. Heyman's great. Hall of Famer. The Jew that runs the zoo. Can you go in the Hall of Fame this year? <laughs> it's coming at some point. Anyway. But but Becky, I love. I feel like now they're finally letting Becky be Becky. Yeah, with, she doesn't with, look with like a promos. heel anymore. No, now, she's still the same. She's still the same character she's been since August, but she hasn't turned down the fans. She hasn't. She didn't even really turn the, on the fans in she, the beginning. She hasn't really turned on the fans. She hasn't really embraced the fans, but she's just being herself. Yeah, Stone Cold Becky Lynch is what a lot of people are calling her online, and I yeah. love that. 
I freaking love that. And honestly, she might be in a face position come Mania. And obviously, same character, but she might be booked as a face going into Mania. You never know. And even the match with Nikki Cross. I don't know necessarily what Nikki Cross is on SmackDown, but it almost looked like maybe... I don't even know if that was a call-up. I don't know if that was a call-up. I don't up think or, it was. Or if that's just because they were in... You know, they were in London, and they wanted... And she's from Glasgow, which is not too far away. Right. Um, that they wanted to just have a big... Uh, well, that's what they did with Sami Zayn in Canada. Yeah, true, true. They did. So they, they do that They do that a but lot. But honestly, so. for Nikki Cross's sake, she's better off at NXT. Yeah, S- I think so. Sanity, Unless like, she's going to be with Sanity. I mean, When the, she benefited from while they were in NXT. But, but, the thi- but the thing is, the way Sanity's been booked since they've come to the main roster... She's better off in NXT. But maybe she's the missing piece. Maybe she is. Maybe. But her first match on, on SmackDown, she's against Becky Lynch. She loses. I don't know. Um, My point is, she benefited from Sanity when they were on NXT. Maybe she benefits from them if she goes to SmackDown with them. That's my point. Well, she's the biggest, Again, to me, she's the biggest star out of all of them. Yeah. Which a lot of people didn't think at first. No, they, she was their missing piece. And now they yeah. all came in together at Sanity. Remember, Eric Young had the debut match, went away for a little while, and came back with Sanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they all came together. But you're right, she was that missing piece for a while, especially when they turned face as well. She was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, but again, you never know. She goes up to SmackDown, which at this point you assume she will soon. If she goes with Sanity, maybe that helps elevate her, and maybe that helps elevate them to the top of the tag team division. I would hope so. I would really hope so because Sanity has. It's been. been you're right. It's been a been disappointment a since very this, a huge disappointment since the second they got called up. Not mm-hmm. over time. They the came, second they they came up strong against the Usos. They beat them up, but then they just started losing matches every week. Yeah. Which makes Speaking no of sense. that, congrats to AOP for finally getting the tag belts. Finally winning the tag belts. I said, you know, this heel turn with Ambrose, they're probably going to have the titles drop to AOP. You be- did say that. Because McIntyre and Ziggler were heels. Ambrose and Rollins were babyfaces when they won the titles. They probably just wanted a babyface opponent, and they probably didn't right. want to. Ma- they probably didn't want to make Ziggler, but especially McIntyre, look weak losing the titles. And to at AOP. this point, Dolph is and Dolph and Drew are focusing on other things. Drew is, has his set I set on Brock, and please give me that match. Brock versus please Drew. give me that match. And, um, and you know what? They also it makes sense for you know a guy like Seth Rollins to lose to two guys like right. AOP who are twice his size. So it makes all the sense in the world. And, and all three of them, I thought, put on a pretty good match. Yeah. And then Dean comes out at the end. Um, I was going to say, what I really liked about that, too. Um, but now you get the Bar versus um, AOP. AOP at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. That has the potential to be pretty good. Yeah, that should be really good. As long as Big Show stays four, home. Four big guys <laughs> going right, right at it. Yeah, exactly. Hoss um, off. So yeah, congrats to AOP. But you know, um, back to Becky and Ronda real quick because we were on that. Somebody's got to teach her how to tweet. Someone's got to teach her how to post on yeah, Instagram. You gotta, someone's got to go to Ronda and be like, just again get Heyman and be like, see the Nikki Look, Bella. I'm, I'm helping po- with your promos. And I'm gonna help you with your social media. The Nikki answer. Bella posts weren't bad because it was jab for jab. They were getting personal with one another. Mm-hmm. But Ronda is almost kind of like I'm joking around with you, but then I'm gonna break your arm in Survivor Series. Like she's being petty. Sort of thing, like, mm-hmm. and it's almost—I don't know about you—I feel it's very cringeworthy to read some of this. With Becky's tweets, there, Becky's you, you short be- to the point. Yeah, you believe what she says, Rhonda. You don't. She's just, and no pun and, intended. And spe- she's straight fire on Twitter. Yeah, and and speaking of the match itself, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This match must end in a no contest. It must. Honda and Becky, no contest? It has to, because think about they're it. They're not going to do that, though. But I know they're not going to, but neither of them can afford to lose. Well, you can say that about any champion. No, none of these champions well, well, can afford to lose. Well, think about this, right? 
you're not going to book Becky to lose because she's straight fire right now. Ronda's not going to lose until at least WrestleMania. Who's taking a loss? Now, it could be a DQ loss at some point. Maybe somebody does a no, run-in or whatever. Because no contests or countouts or DQs, that just sets up for more, and they're on separate brands. You can't continue the story until potentially one moves on to, on to the other brand so you, or Survivor Series next so year. So who do you think's going over, Ronda? Yeah, Ronda, because they want to build her up against Charlotte next year. For so when, when Becky's got to tap out to her in probably, I'd say, 10 minutes, does that hurt Becky at all? No, if they have a competitive match, it doesn't hurt her at all. Fair enough. I feel like Becky's probably going to be the one who lasts the longest without tapping out. I feel like she is going to have a... Like, because honestly, we all want Becky to win, but we know she's not going to. If she beats Ronda, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah. I'm going to be so shocked. But maybe this can be a bit of a humility thing for Ronda. Who knows? But I honestly don't think Ronda's losing until, uh, like, you know, you said a while ago. Makes sense. Her not, not losing until Charlotte next year at Mania. Yeah. So... We should have Becky, the four horsewomen interfere. <laughs> but Becky, much as I love Becky Lynch, and I love this run she's having right now, I just don't think she's going to win. I think that Bron she's probably going to last the longest in the armbar, and commentary is going to put that over strong with her. It's like, oh my God, most people have tapped out at this point. How long? Like, I feel like that's going to be the thing that's not going to make, not going to hurt her. Right, because obviously Ronda does the armbar save, so it's as not long, killing as anybody. As long as it's a competitive match, and they go back and forth. I'm fine with that, and nobody has to look weak. I'm just saying I think it benefits both of them if this match ended. You know, even if somebody got DQ'd, if no one officially lost or took the loss, I think it still benefits both of them, the fact that neither one of them lost. I know, but the fact is that it's Survivor Series. I, and I get that point, champion too. Champion versus champion. You want to have a champion win. And I get that, and I know it's not going to happen. I'm just saying I think in both of their case scenarios, which isn't, which normally doesn't happen this often, like you said, no champion should lose, but in their cases, you want to keep Ronda undefeated going into the Meadowlands next year. Mm -hmm. But Becky is on such a hot roll right now it's almost I know, like I know. how can she lose that's my point yeah, but again you, you like built, you said you I know it's not going to happen you built up both these champions up so well neither of them really can afford a loss but they have to, they have to. And, and I get it it's Survivor Series somebody's going to lose I'm just saying I think it benefits both of them if it's a no contest if it's yeah. a double count out I something like that point, but that's, that's my point that do that. and I agree with you I'm just saying this is how they should do it but anyway I think they will have one of the most competitive matches at the Survivor Series. Um, well, other people who have competitive matches, probably a better show is the night before TakeOver War Games. Yes, TakeOver War Games. So I, th I think the card is all but set. They haven't announced it, but I think... So it's Tommaso sure. versus Dream for Dream, the title. Dream versus Champa. I would assume Black that's not going to be the main event because they're probably going to do War Games. Yeah, War Games. War Games would be the main event. It's in the name, people. Yeah. Black um, and Gargano, the Undisputed I Era. I think it, that would be a good open if I, if I were booking Tommaso, not Tommaso, well, um, Johnny well, and Alistair. Well, there is one more match I think they're going to do that they haven't announced, Cassius Ono and Matt Riddle. I think that's going to be the opener. I think it has been it has been officially announced, but I think no. the tapings have come out. Or not tapings haven't come out, but people at the tapings They're probably going to announce it next week. That, to me, almost feels like an EC3 Velveteen Dream match, where that can go on second. Yeah, but it's also like... Cassius Ono, unfortunately, he's kind of like the gatekeeper of NXT. He's kind of there to kind of put, put over the new guys. Yeah. I would hope they're giving him a, a solid money deal for this. Because I don't think he's... Or a future NXT championship match I don't think in the he, next year. I don't think he's ever going up to NXT. Like, people thought Joe... The main be, roster? I'm sorry, ever going to uh, the main <laughs> roster. Like, when Joe was brought to NXT, a lot of people would think, like, well, they're not going to bring him out to the main roster. I'm like, no, Joe will... Joe will go to the main I'm roster. I'm like, for sure Joe will go to Joe the main roster. Joe is in NXT to help the brand right now. He doesn't need to be here. Yeah, but then with Ono, I think it's the same. I think it's that 
that he's never going up. I don't think he's ever going up. He's been like you said, I hope they're paying him well. He's not always on TV. And look, he's an older guy, and he probably's like he's probably like you don't really need to build a brand around me. And he's probably okay with helping the under, the younger guys, making them look good for the better of the company, and making them look uh, for future stars. I remember listening <clears throat> not too long ago to the Punk Cabana podcast, which I'll listen to repeatedly every single day. It's the best podcast ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying how he wanted Ono to come up with the Shield. That was two thousand and twelve, mm-hmm. so that's six years ago. He's he's I been only, in NXT. I, I can only. Well, he did maybe longer. He did leave for a short period of time. Went back on the Indies as Chris Hero, right? And then he came back. I want to say 2016. Okay, but still, that's seven, six years without being on the main Collective, roster collectively. collectively. Yeah, so yeah, it's one of those things. I think that has the potential to go on second. I think if and I don't know if they're going to do this with with our luck. They'll probably put it on third. The last Gargano and um, Alistair Black. Black. That has the potential to open up the show. It does, but um, oh, there's also uh, Kyrie Sane the versus, rematch versus Shayna Baszler. The, basically, two, this is the winner take two out of three falls. This match. is basically to me CJ the winner take all match because you had the Mae Young Classic final, then you had the the match at Brooklyn, then you had the Evolution match. They also had a match on TV. They had a match on TV, which which Shayna says like people forget that I beat Kyrie before. Right. So this is basically Evol- the series is tied. Yeah. Now it's winner take all, mm-hmm. and this will probably be the end of it. You would assume that the the the, um, the new faction is starting to build in NXT. They'll find a way to get involved in this match. This will be the end of Kyrie versus Shayna, in my opinion. Yeah. And then we fast track our way towards Phoenix. Mm-hmm. See what happens next. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, the main thing I wanted to go over was Johnny Gargano's promo. I do too. He, like he, he even said he's like. Sometimes you have to fight a little dirty around here. He's like, I'm still the same Johnny Gargano. You have to fight a little dirty around here. And he said, he even said he's like, him in the dark side. Well, I kind of like it. Yeah. And he even said, he goes, I know you probably want to kick my face. And that's okay. I probably deserve it. The promo was so good. Yeah. And at the end. It was, re- it felt real. Yeah, it felt real. The thing is though, Johnny Gargano, is he a heel is he a face? I don't know. Or is he a tweener? I don't know. It's very vague in that promo. I don't we, think we will know CJ until after War Games is over. Well, it has, it's going to depend on how the crowd going to react. It depends him. how the crowd reacts. It depends how this match ends. Mm-hmm. My opinion, I think, and we talked about this before, who needs to win more? I think Johnny needs to win more now in this case mm-hmm. to build this up. If we're going to have a heel DIY, if this is strictly just, just a grudge match between the two, and then we go back to Johnny being a full face, either way, I think Johnny needs the win. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how, I don't know if he's a healer face. I don't think we'll know until war games is over. Like he explains why he did what he did, but it doesn't, which normally heels don't do. I mean, well, yeah, some heels, they do explain what they did, but they heal. The best heels have an element of truth that you don't necessarily like, but they have a, but they have a fair point. Right. Um, you don't, you may not like it, but they're telling you the truth. Um, I mean, with Gargano, he said he he, did, he said why he did what he did, and we still don't really know if Gargano's a heel or if he's a face or if he's somewhere in between. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. And the thing with Gargano is, but he, I love what he's doing. And right he now. mentioned in the beginning, "You got my way to Champa." Mm-hmm. So he still is. He still he still with wants Tommaso Champa. So that hasn't crossed anybody's minds yet. But that's the thing. He still wants Tommaso. Now Tommaso's Tommaso's been advocating the heel DIY on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So 
does that happen after War Games? Who knows? Maybe there's a run in in the in the NXT Championship match where Johnny cost Velveteen Dream the championship. I don't know. Uh, but again, I don't think we'll officially know what he is because you remember when Punk turned heel in 09 on Jeff Hardy? Mm-hmm. It wasn't really confirmed that he was a heel until after he lost the championship a month later when he really attacked Jeff Hardy. You mean when he, when he cashed in, it was kind of like, you yeah. know, he was kind of like in the middle, but right. then like after a match like uh, or something. He had a match he, with Jericho the next night and the crowd popped for him and all that stuff, so he looked he, like a face then. Well, Jeff had, I remember Jeff had a match or something and he was talking to him, you know, Jeff, and then he spiked him with the microphone. That was right after he lost the belt, yes. That's when he turned heel. Yes, because that's the Officially, other Officially, th- Yes, that's the other thing. When he when he cashed in Money in the Bank, two nights later he had a match with Jericho, face versus heel, won the match, got a huge pop from the crowd, he was giving fans high fives, all that stuff, and then he, the, the end of the night he had a run-in with Edge and Jeff Hardy, and then I remember that Monday was the draft, and they had the Triple Threat World Title match. CM Punk won in a dirty way. Um, CM Punk got himself disqualified at the next pay per view by accidentally kicking Scott Armstrong in the back. But again, the the point I'm I'm trying to make with me just dragging on about this 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 heel turn reminds me of that. Okay. I can totally see this going to a darker place and him becoming a full heel. Um, and whether that sets up the heel DIY, is it a trap to get Tommaso Ciampa to let his guard down for Johnny to strike? I don't know. It would be great. But my point is that heel turn back in 2009 reminds me of this Gargano. It, it reminds me of what I'm seeing right now. Yes. I mean, I am loving what's going on with Johnny Gargano right now. Yeah. He has had one hell of a year in NXT. Uh, well, just, just in wrestling in general. He's had... Two five-star matches from Meltzer from with Almas and, and Champa. He's had, and that was at New Orleans, right? That mm-hmm. one. The New Orleans there was four one. of them, or three. Well, there's been three this year. His matches with with was great in Chicago with, with Champa. His match was great with Chicago with and Brooklyn with, was with, good. With Brooklyn four. Like Johnny Gargano is having such an amazing year, uh, just in the ring with his storylines. I can't wait for him and and Black. It might be my favorite match I'm looking forward to on the card. That's why other, th- other than the War Games match. That's why I think they have the potential to open the show. Because think about it. You have the Undisputed Era that normally opens up shows. They're going to be in the main event. Mm-hmm. Ricochet's in the main event. War Raiders are in the main event. Pete Dunne's in the main event. Who else should open up the show? Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black. It makes sense. It makes sense. But I still think Ono and Riddler are They, they could. They could, no doubt. Because I feel like this thing is so personal that they're going to save it for the middle of the card. Yeah, They could. They could. And, it, and if they're going to go on that route, it makes sense. But if they're going to go on the route, all right, what's the best match can we put out there besides, obviously, the NXT Championship match, besides War Games, which is going to close the show? What's the best match we could put out there to get this L.A. crowd fired up, which is also not an it's easy prob- crowd to please? It's probably going to go Ono Riddle. Um, the NXT Women's Championship match. I think they're going to give that time. So I think, I think maybe like Black and Gargano can be second. The NXT Women's Championship match... The NXT Championship War Games. Because I, I like that, except I I will put the NXT Women's Championship match second because they've been bound to do that every single pay per view, mm-hmm. and then Johnny and Alistair third, NXT Championship fourth, War Games last. Okay. So either way, we're we're around the same page with that. And going on War Games, I'm excited. I think it's a good card so far. I can't wait. The War Games match itself, I'm excited for. Um. Can they give them a roof this year, please? I don't know. Make it real. <laughs> Unless Adam Cole is going to do a shooting star press off the top, give them a roof. 
Cole can't do a shooting star press. I know he can't. That's my point. No, Unless not, they're going to do something crazy at the top, they deserve a roof this year. I don't know about camp. I've never seen him do a shooting star press. Right. My point is, unless they're going to do something crazy like you they did Ricochet. last year. But either way, well, I meant Adam Cole, but I know Ricochet could do it. Ricochet could do anything he wants. Doesn't matter. But he'd Put his mind to it. He'd be more likely to do a shooting star. Right. Press. My point is, unless they're if they're not planning to do something crazy at the top, give them a roof and make this thing classic. Because in WCW, I kinda, they had roofs. I don't know. I kind of liked the no roof. I didn't mind it. I mean, it, it, it made... First of all, for NXT to be the one to bring this match but, back is, is but something. But the whole purpose of the no roof was just so Cole could climb to the top and just go Adam Cole, baby, at the top of the... And itself. then get suplexed off it. Yeah. Well, again, that's what I'm saying. That if there's no spot. planned spot, there's no reason for it not to have a roof. Probably going to be Ricochet doing something insane. Probably. I would think so. I would think it would be Ricochet doing something so crazy... That it gets the crowd fired up. Only for him to get kicked in the head and take the pin fall three seconds later. You think Ricochet's going to take the pin? No, but it, it, it's the same thing that Roderick Strong did last year where he uh, he superplexed Adam Cole. And surprisingly, Adam Cole was the first one to get up. And then he super kicked Roderick Strong or Eric Young in the head to win. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I like the format that there's, that there's only two teams in there instead of three. It but makes- how does this work then? Does everybody come in at once? Is it maybe the kind of like an elimination chamber style where one comes in every 30 or so seconds? I would think... Because I've never seen two one-on-one before, one team versus one team. I would think they would start off like, you know, one person. Let's say Pete Dunne and Adam Cole start. Right. And then gradually people start coming in. Then Bobby Fish comes in. Then Ricochet comes in. Then Roderick Strong. Then Hanson. Then Kyle O'Reilly. Then Rowe. So I think one by one they would do that. That's what I'm thinking because they're not going to have four on one at one point. Because they well they did that last year where like, you know I think uh, was it Cole and Eric Young started. Cole Young and Strong started, but it was a triple yeah. threat style. Yeah, and then and then they said like whichever pod opens the rest of the team members come out. But at the same time, it was also technically... Uh, put it this way. The match had not technically started yet. Undisputed Era comes out first, right? So yeah. un- the full Undisputed Era team is in the cage, but they're also facing Roderick Strong and... Um, it was Roderick Strong and the AOP. And Insanity. Right, so they're facing Roderick Strong and Eric Young at that point. Technically, it could be three on two. Mm-hmm. This time, if the whole team come out, it's four on one. It so would, it would probably better if it was uh, if one came out at a time. Yeah, one came. That's out. what that I would, think because that would that, make more sense. I don't think there's ever been a war games match where it was just four versus four. Just be unfair advantage. Exactly. It's it's always been triple threat style. So like last year when they did the classic style and the whole undisputed era came out first, it could have technically been three on two. I would have really liked if all the championships were on the line in this. Like if oh that'd be nice if Ricochet I know they're not they're not on the line but if Ricochet Pete Dunne and Han- and the War Raiders won they'd keep their titles and then Hanson and Rowe would be the NXT champions but how great would it be it, it would be perfect if, how great would it be if Undisputed Era won the the UK Championship and the North American Championship were on the line um, that elevates them to the top yeah going like into, Bobby, going into Bobby, Fe- and Bobby Fish holding the UK Championship and yeah. Adam Cole or Adam Cole holding the UK Championship Bobby Fish holding who whatever. cares doesn't matter doesn't matter at that point but you're, you're right you're absolutely right I, I honestly thought when the match was announced it was going to be for all the gold that's what I thought yeah it'd be a phenomenal way to close the show it would be a perfect way where hands in a row they won they would get the tag team but, titles but Sanity were the NXT tag team champions last year and they, the tag titles weren't on the line well they were the only ones with championships yeah they were the only ones with championships this but, time like you're saying they could realistically put all the gold on the line they could but 
then again, you don't necessarily need to have all the gold in the line. You because don't of, because of the because of the match. The match itself, itself is main event worthy. Yeah. Right. Them, them together is main event worthy. Now you put them in the war games concept, mm-hmm. main event I mean, they've immediately. Been, they've been building it up for so long now. Right. With Undisputed Era and these and these guys with Ricochet Dunn and and they've uh, been building this up probably Orlando's. since after or or probably since right. after New Orleans. None. Well, with Dunn has had issues with the Undisputed Era for a long time now. But well, I'm going back to when Roderick Strong turned heel on Pete Dunn. Yeah, he's had issues with with the Undisputed Era for a long time since after New Orleans. But I'm saying for the for the War Games thing, they've been building this since right after Brooklyn. Oh, no doubt. Like, well, obviously it was the last takeover. Originally, I thought they were going to do the three man concept and do you know, uh, Undisputed Era have three of the guys, uh, Ricochet and War Raiders, and then Pete Dunne getting Tyler Bate and Trent Seven for British Strong Style. But I actually like this concept a lot better. Well, I think a lot of that had to do with Bobby Fish being cleared to come back. Yeah. All four members of Undisputed Era are in together. And I was just listening to an interview with them in the same episode of Sam Roberts' podcast I was listening to. They were all together. It was actually when you were working and you texted me and said that... Yeah, I was like, the Undisputed Era just walked right by me. I'm like, I hate you. That was the same day. That was that same interview. They they were going to... When you texted me that, I figured, well, they're probably going to go see Sam Roberts. Uh, Sam Roberts led him to the door, yeah. And they did. So, yeah... They, I listened to that interview uh, yesterday, and they were all saying how, you know, there were different, like, um, they were kind of just scratching the surface with the three of them, then Bobby got hurt, and then it was a new feel with Roderick Strong. Now Bobby's back, and they just feel like, you know, it's really starting to kick off now because all four guys are together now. Which, by the way, you got to give Bobby Fish a lot of credit. He tore his ACL not even eight months ago. And he came back sooner. He than came back sooner than expected. Because you think about it, an ACL is normally nine to twelve months, mm-hmm. and with his case, he was probably going to come back leaning into Brooklyn Five, and all of a sudden he's cleared to compete in War Games in November. Mm-hmm. Like you got to give that man credit. Bobby Fish is an animal. He's and actually he's thirty nine years old. And actually, you, you put the tapings into question probably seven months because he came back probably in October, mm-hmm. maybe before. Yeah, because again, you don't know when the when some of these tapings happen. He could have came back at the end of September, for all I know. Either way, yeah. he's cleared to compete in probably the most dangerous match in NXT history. Strangely enough, I never saw any spoilers about that about Bobby Fish coming back. No, no one did. Because when I was because when I saw he actually came back, I was generally surprised. Yeah, Bobby Fish. <laughs> and I can't uh, wait for Marl because Vic Joseph has been taking Marl's place because he was. Uh, he had some other commitment. Right. He had. Probably some boxing stuff. Probably for Showtime or something. We but, need somebody to get suplexed through a table and hits Morrow with all, Oh my God! <laughs> no, don't hit Morrow. Well, in the War Games match, if you do that, you're disqualified. Yeah, well, you can't leave the cage. If you, well, if they do that again. <laughs> that's Morrow will be back by the time War Games happen. Of course. They even said that themselves. Uh, it's You can't miss a takeover. I know. I always, whenever there's a pay-per-view, and whenever there's a takeover right before that, I'm more excited for the takeover. I know the takeover's going to do better. It's always better. It's always going to be better. And this one, I think, has the potential to be better than last year. Last it year, does. Last year was good, but the main things people were talking about were, um, well, the shock victory from Almas, and then Black and Velveteen Dream, and then War Games. I looked at the card, I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. I know that. But this, they, they, this, this good. is going to be really, really good. Yep. Every single takeover this year has, has been, been awesome. Has been awesome. Now, obviously, you've said it, and I've said it too. New Orleans is honestly my favorite. Mm-hmm. But this this card, I look at every match, and I'm like, this match has the opportunity to steal the show. 
This match has the opportunity to steal the show. The NXT Championship match, this has the opportunity to but steal the show. You, you kind of get that feeling every single match you but go into. But this time, it. it's like, wow. It really, because the, the card is so stacked. The stories going into each match Are personal. Has, have been personal. They've been booked properly. Uh, I can't wait for any of these. Like I'm, I'm most excited for the War Games and Black and Gargano. And then Champa and Dream. Champa and Dream is going to be great, too. That's... We haven't really seen these guys go at it at all. It's completely two different characters going it's, right it's, at it. It's, it's probably been the most different story that Champ has been involved in since coming back. Yeah, and Velveteen Dream is a full-blown babyface at this point. At this point, yeah. Because he's taking on the biggest heel in the company. Mm-hmm. Who is getting over by the fans. So take his music away, take his merch away before it's too late. I know, but he's still doing great stuff. He's he still doing great stuff. I just still will never forget when he came back in New... Forget New Orleans. How about when we were in Brooklyn getting booed out of the building? The I'm like, how does anybody get so much heat like that? And Dean Ambrose found a way to do it, but mm. still. I'm like, how does one get this much heat where the place is chanting F you and you can hear it through the speakers in the WWE Network. They're not blocking it out. can hear it all full-blown. It's all real. That's, that's the thing. It's that's what real. I, that's what I love, too. They don't censor out any of those profanity chants. Well, you don't have takeovers. to. Because WWE Network, you treat it like pay-per-view. Anything can happen on pay-per-view. Yeah, that's true. So, I know pay-per-view, they really didn't block out anything like that. I know they didn't do that. But especially with the takeovers. I love that no they doubt. don't do that. No doubt. That's... Um, I'm probably if I had to guess, right now to me the best pay- the best takeovers probably in order was New Orleans, uh, Brooklyn Four, Philadelphia, and Chicago. I would agree. Uh, in that order, I'd probably say War Games has the potential. It has the potential to maybe beat New Orleans. Probably coming second. It's because I to me the card looks better than New Orleans on paper. On paper, it looks better? Yeah, on paper, yeah. it looks better. On paper, it looks better. you got to go out and perform, obviously. But on paper, it's like, wow, this car looks much better than New Orleans. It's going to be tough to beat, though. Of course. Really, it's going to be really tough to of beat. Of course, because New Orleans start to finish was amazing. It was magical. Mm-hmm. I can't believe and you it, said magical. Magical. It's Disney. Fabulous. Which, by the way, Stephanie thinks that WWE can be bigger than Disney. Good luck with that. Um, oh, Jesus. She said that yesterday. I mean, potentially, sure, but it's Disney. Good luck. Yeah, good luck, Steph. Good luck. All right, so to end the podcast, I know you wanted to touch a little bit on what we talked about last week with the Bullet Club. Um, about they're not the Bullet Club. They're anymore, not the Bullet Sean. Club anymore. They're the Elite. All right, relax. <laughs> um, they confirmed it on being the Elite. They confirmed it on Jericho's podcast that they Matt Jackson said, you know, it started off with himself, Nick, and Kenny as the Elite, but he pretty much said everybody who's sitting on that stage, Cody Rhodes and. Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. They're all the elite. Right. Well, also Kota Ibushi, but he wasn't there. I think Kenny, uh, Kenny, uh, Cody said, like, Kota's going to be so mad. I listened to that podcast this week, and they touched on other things. Like, they touched on how they got into the Bullet Club. They touched on, excuse me, they touched on, you know, uh, Jericho saying, like, uh, so no matter what happens with you guys, you've outwardly said that, you know, you will stay together if you're re-signing, if you're staying, if you're going, wherever you're going to go, that you will stay together. Can you confirm that? And Cody, without hesitation, goes, we are sticking together no matter what. So we, we've we've beaten this like a dead horse. Yeah, really. But it's now been official. That but now it's officially now said. Now it's officially said that they're out of the Bullet Club. 
and they are the elite. Right, and that they're going to stick together no matter what mm-hmm. what happens. They can go to WWE together. They can stay in New Japan together, which speculates now. It's like, all right, it's confirmed. They're all going to stay together. They're all going in one place no matter what come January 1st. And now I think, not necessarily saying there's a better chance. I still think they all might go to WWE, but now I think there's a better chance for them to be at that show in April in the Garden. Yeah, I think so because I, th- I think at this point – they did everything they can with the Bullet Club and with the Elite. Obviously, they'd done the faction all together with being the Elite and everything, but they were the Bullet Club being the Elite guys. Now they have the potential to build the faction as just the Elite. Right. And there's so much that they can do. They have a chance for this to be bigger than the Bullet Club. Yeah, for sure. Because when everybody, anybody talked about Bullet Club, it was always these guys. It was always Kenny Omega. It was always Cody Rose, the Young Bucks. Marty Skrull. And they did well with it, but yeah. they got a chance now to do, like you said, something different, something bigger mm-hmm. than the Bullet Club, the Elite. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things, and by the way, I talked to friends who were on the Jericho cruise that I work with, and they said it was probably some of the best times that they've ever had. There were a lot of people that said, and Tommy Dreamer, I heard him on Busted Open this week, said, you know, I had my doubts about the cruise. I thought it would get a little out of hand with some people. He said, every, and they said, Everyone was well behaved. Jericho did a fabulous job being the host. Um, no one got out of hand. Everybody was friendly. And on top of that, I mean, they went to the Bahamas in October. How much better does it get than that? So it's pretty damn sweet. Exactly. They and even Tom Dreamer said once again, Chris Jericho, you did a great job. <laughs> once again. Um, yeah, there's also um, briefly, a lot of cards have been announced for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, well, obviously, we had Kenny Omega and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. We got uh, Switchblade Jay White and Kazuchika Okada. And another match that's been announced, but Jericho's just like, no, is <laughs> just Jericho and Tetsuya Naito for the rematch for the Intercontinental Championship. Right. Uh, and apparently, Naito was reached out by WWE to get an offer, and he turned it down. He turned it down. I heard that this week. There was someone, someone put on Twitter recently... Um, because it fits in with his character with New Japan Naito is with WWE executives they give him an offer he goes oh that that sounds pretty good excuse me let me just use the bathroom sneaks out the window leaves them to pay the (laughs) pay the the check because there have been I well, I've heard that there have been like footage where like Naito like for TV like he'd go to restaurants and try and pay for meals with the Intercontinental Championship (laughs) He doesn't care. That's his whole thing. He's tranquilo. He don't care. That's so funny. I would love to be a WWE champion and go and pay checks with that. Oh, hold on. Just put the belt in the counter. I'd be like, is that good enough? <laughs> yeah, um, but Wrestle Kingdom is going to be coming up in a few months. We've January fourth, right? Yeah, I think so. We've confirmed that they're no longer the bull- they're no longer in Bullet Club. They're the elite now. Not much to say about that, other than the fact is that you know there's potential for them to do more in independent wrestling than just to go to WWE right I now. I definitely think that together, now that they're starting this, they'll probably have at least one to two more years in New Japan, in Ring of Honor, doing this before they jump back. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because now, now, like you said, they're building something new now with the Elite. So now I think, I'm not saying that's confirmation they're going to stay, but that no, gives them all the reason in the world to stay. Yeah, especially because Cody said they really want to do all in too. Yeah. And if they have, and here's the thing, Probably not going to be able to go to the Madison Square Garden show because, you know, the tickets are really expensive and we really want to go to NXT TakeOver. We'll be TakeOver. We'll be TakeOver Brooklyn 5. Penn Station's going to be a madhouse that night. But can you imagine 
If I'm walking they, home. If they decide to do All In 2 at Madison Square Garden. Oh, we'll be going to that. Oh, my God. That'll be another night I walk home. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swim home the night of TakeOver 5. I cannot, I'm not dealing with Penn Station that yeah, night. I cannot wait. I cannot wait if that is, if that is the fact. If they want to do All In 2 at Madison Square Garden... They made a lot of money in Chicago. They're going to make even more money in New York. And that's the thing. For Madison Square Garden to already honor the, pun intended, Ring of Honor in New Japan Supercard show, Mm -hmm. for them to have that event there, there's no reason that All in Two can't be at the Garden. There's no reason for it. And there's no reason for them to think it won't sell out because they proved they can sell out. It will sell out. They, there is no doubt in my mind that they can... Per- I can't think of any other arena in the world where they would do it. Because in, in, now the, the booking is a little different now because they're thinking the first time, we hope it sells out. We hope it sells out because I saw some of the... They were uh, smart to do it in Chicago because right. Chicago is just a huge wrestling city. But there are also a lot of people who travel to Chicago to the show. Yep. And I, I, re- I remember uh, when the Young Bucks Funko Pops came out at a, at a Hot Topic and I went to go get them, I was talking to a guy who said him and his buddy were going to All In. Yeah, I'm like Jesus, and th- and this was like, it wasn't even that long after the tickets went on sale. Oh, they said the, the tickets sold the, out in thirty minutes. Tickets were on sale on Mother's Day, and I think their Funko Pops came out in September. So you know, well, the show was September first. July. Oh, that you're talking about something else, okay? Yeah. But I remember seeing some of the documentary oh, no, clips. No, no, sorry, on... sorry. This was um, I believe it was August, July or August. That makes sense. So it was only two. So they were ready to go and I'm just like damn a lot of people are going to this show and and we've talked about All In before but the potential for another All In show if this could become an annual thing they have an advantage with All In 2 for a few reasons and I remember watching some of the documentary clips from the NWA website from you know being the elite and all this stuff and I remember uh, Brandy Rhodes being a big advocate saying you guys are crazy. This event's going to sell out. And I remember Cody being worried in the Young Bucks. This isn't going to sell out. We're going to do mm-hmm. more with ticket sales, this, this, this. And Brandy was like, no, you're going to sell out. There's no doubt in my mind. And they sold out in 30 minutes. Now, the difference here is they no longer have to worry about will this sell out. Because number one, they know, they it, know will. it will. Now they can take advantage of other things that they can plan all in with. Again, Madison Square, Madison Square Garden makes the most sense for an all-in too. Because it has... It, they can make the most money in that city. Yeah, they, they can make the most money. They can do Starcast at the Jav. They could do Star another Starcast at the Javits Center, yep. where they do Comic Con. Yep, thousands of people go there every year. They can make so much money off that alone. Like, so they can they can do that there. They can. There was there was a worry of you know of a lot of things going into this show, and it was a huge success. Yep. Now they know that the first one was a huge... If potentially if they Now they can do take it, more risks. They can take more risks. They can spend a little more cash, and, they can, and they'll make more money. They get more pay-per-view time, too. Yeah, exactly. Which they might need. That is another thing they're probably going to want to do. They're probably going to be like, we need to have more pay-per-view time. Absolutely. We need to like extend this to as long as we can. Oh, of course. But yeah, like you said, the first show, there was so many question marks going into it, and it turned out to be one of the best wrestling shows ever. Now... They're like, we know what we've done before. We know what we can do again. Anything less is now a disappointment. Let's take some more risk. Let's do more this time. How do we start that? Madison Square Garden. I love it. I absolutely love it too. But again, you, you never know with them. We'll see. And again, they still might go to WWE January 1st. I don't think they will now because now they're building the elite. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they'll probably be another year or two before they do that, unless they bring the elite to the WWE. But again, I hope they stick around. I hope they stick around too, because there's there's more for them to do. For you to even say that they said we want to do all in two, well, let's go, let's do it. Can't do another all in if you're in WWE. Exactly, they're not going to allow you to do that by yourself. Mm -hmm. They're not going to they're not going to do it by themselves at all. So, stay in Ring of Honor, New Japan for another year or two. Do all in two, make us happy, bring it to the garden, bring it to our area, New York City, um, and we'll be just fine. So that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. A lot of good stuff talked about today, CJ, mm-hmm. as always. Uh, next week is the week before Survivor Series we'll give takeover, and War Games. We'll give takeover predictions. We'll give Survivor Series predictions. That'll be a long show. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll do that all next week. We'll talk about more independent news that comes in as well. Um of course, the week following, we'll give our fallout to NXT TakeOver War Games, which I'm sure it'll be great. Survivor Series, I'm sure we'll have stuff to complain about, uh, as we normally do. We'll start leading into TakeOver Phoenix, the Royal Rumble, TLC, all that and more. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom coming up in a couple of months. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that moving forward on the podcast. Yep. Um, so you guys have been listening. For Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We'll see you next time.